I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 145 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. Okay, dads, I am back with another five banger for you this week. I have the honor of having five awesome dads joining me on the podcast. We are going to get things started today with a former Marine who became a New York police officer and is now a very successful actor. J.W. Cortez will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. Tomorrow on the show, it's going to be a Transformation Tuesday with the world's strongest professional powerlifter, Stan Efferding. Stan is also known as the White Rhino, and he is also a dad who walked into the Shark Tank and walked out with a mega deal, so that one's going to be a lot of fun. Wednesday, the Chief Creative Officer of Vaynier Media, Steve Babcock, will join me. Steve is the right-hand man of Gary Vaynerchuk, so don't miss out on that interview. Thursday, a dad known as a global thought leader and the world's leading digital strategist, Trevor Chapman, stops by. And we're going to close out the week with a brand new Frogman Friday episode. This time, a former Marine and SEAL Team 6 operator, Eddie Penny, will be our featured Frogman. So what an honor that will be. Let's go, dads. This is another exciting week here of celebrating fatherhood and family life. Please hit me with a rating or a review over on iTunes if you get a chance. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Alec Lace and at Alec underscore Lace. Let's spread the word here about the show and set the record straight about fatherhood. We are not babysitters. We are not assistant moms. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Okay, so let's jump right into the action here with first class father J.W. Cortez. I'm Alec Lace and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and joining me now is a First Class Father. He is a combat veteran who served with the United States Marines. He is a New York police officer and an actor who is currently playing Detective Alvarez on Fox's hit primetime series, Gotham. It is quite an honor for me to say, J.W. Cortez, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you so much for having me. All right, here we go. How many kids do you have and how old are they? Um, I have two amazing little boys. Uh, my, uh, my oldest is 13 years old. And uh, he uh, will be heading off to high school in the fall, and uh, my soon will be ten year old. Um, so I have a yeah, thirteen and a ten year old. Very cool. I have four myself, and our oldest is about to be a teenager, so we are kind of bracing for impact ourselves over here. <laughs> uh, what type of uh, sports or activities are the boys into? They're um, they're 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 students of the arts. So uh, my oldest is a piano player, singer. And uh, he's into the martial arts. My younger guy is also into the martial arts as well. Um, he's going to start uh, doing some flag football. Um, and that's really it. Uh, my older guy also was swimming at some point. We're looking to get him back into swimming. Um, they haven't really taken to the traditional baseball and basketball that I grew up with. Uh, but, you know, I try to let them find their own way. And it's, um, I find that they're more enthusiastic and more engaging when, uh, when we let them do that. 
awesome. Do me a favor here, JW, please. Hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. So my name is JW Cortez. I'm a uh, nearly 13-year Marine Corps combat veteran, served in the invasion of Iraq in 03. Um, then I came home and uh, I became a police officer in the state of New York. And uh, I had an epiphany in the middle of Iraq during a really heavy uh, attack that we we, uh, we suffered, um, where I almost died, and, and I just had this out-of-body experience. And you think of so many things, and one of the things that I thought of, aside from my family and everything else, were all of the missed opportunities, all of the dreams that I ever had that I kind of kept putting off, putting off, putting off. And at that moment, I said, wow, I'm going to die with all of these things still inside of me and never having materialized, and it's a horrible, horrible feeling to have. And I was about 29 years old when I had this happen. And my buddy had just been killed, and so I was in a really dark place, and I, I just felt it all coming down to this to this moment. And I just promised to myself that if I got the hell out of there, I would eventually pursue some of these these ideas and these dreams. And so after I became a police officer uh, working in the city of New York, I... Uh, I started to very quietly think about an acting career. I did some in high school, and I really loved it. Um, and I went to acting school, and I would literally run from my district, taking off my uniform and my gum belt and my vest, and I'd run over to these acting school, uh, classes. And I did that for several years, and then little by little, I started getting lucky. And um, I started ended up on people's televisions, my coworkers' televisions. And... <laughs> The next day they'd come to work and they'd be like, hey, there's a guy that I just saw in an episode of Blue Bloods. He looked a lot like you, Cortez, you know. And so the cat was out of the bag. And I've had a very successful uh, 10, 11 years as an actor uh, while still juggling a family and a career as a police officer. Wow, yeah, J.W., what an incredible journey. When did fatherhood come into this picture for you? And how did becoming a dad change your perspective on life? I was in the Marine Corps. Uh, I fell into the reserves right after I uh, got back from Iraq, and I was still actively drilling and uh, with every intention on going back to to deploy again. Um, when I met Francesca, my wife, and uh, we had a really long conversation, and, and I, one of the things I tell her, I told her, and I, I, I always tell the stories, I, I told her what a beautiful girl she was and how happy she would make somebody one day and it wasn't me you know I, I had every intention of just you know dating for a little while and it was great and but I was going back and so she kept on me you know she kept basically asking me why do you have this death wish and, I, and she just I thought she just wasn't understanding you know I was a marine you know this is what we do we we, we go out there and we follow orders and, and we do the best we can and so she kept on me she kept on me we were dating we got very very serious with each other fell in love very, very quickly, and um, we decided that I would stick around a little bit longer. Well, fate have it, um, she was pregnant, and uh, in uh, 2005, we welcomed Jaden, and um, it changed everything. I wasn't as eager to go back to, to war. I wasn't as eager to... Uh, you know, sign up again, and and uh, although I stayed in the reserves for a couple of years after, um, I wasn't mandated to go back so quickly, and I planned to at some point, but I just wasn't in a rush to do so. And I was like, you know, when they call and they ask me, then I'll be ready. But I'm not gonna just you know volunteer 
I, I fell in love with my son. Oh my God, it was an obsession. And I just felt like I needed to stick around for him a little bit longer. And so I think, had it not been for Jaden's birth, I may have um, gone back sooner and God knows what may have happened. Um, but that's what kind of kept me lingering around a little bit more and working more as a police officer. And then shortly thereafter, um, probably a year or so after he was born is when I decided to really start pursuing uh, acting. And I got so hooked on it because it, it kind of sort of felt like therapy. I'd go into these acting classes and I was able to exercise some of my demons, you know, that so many of our veterans, fellow brothers and sisters of mine, you know, we, we, we contend with, right? And I was like, wow, this is this is pretty pretty powerful stuff and it's in a safe environment and I really, really felt it became a necessary thing for me to help me understand why I was feeling the way I was feeling. Um and so I think fatherhood, to answer your question, played a pivotal role in keeping me around and has somehow or another led me to the point where I am today still supporting our veterans, but through the arts and through just self-perseverance. Very well said, and thank you for your service. I love to hear stories about veterans who find success after their service time because, I mean, it really does send a powerful message to other veterans out there in the sense of, hey, if I can do it, you can do it. So it's really a wonderful testimony to the possibilities of a life after a military career. So uh, does being a father kind of have an impact on your decisions to choose which roles to play? Uh, Does it kind of influence uh, which movies or shows you're going to do? It does now. In the beginning, you just want to exercise and you want to work on your craft. And, you know, uh, I did a bunch of stuff, right? Um, you just you just want work, man. Obviously, you know, there, there are boundaries, right? You know, I'm not doing anything that's ex- explicitly uh, you know, vulgar or anything like that. But um, now that, you know, I've had some success with, with my last few projects, I, I just we just wrapped up our fifth season of Gotham where, I shot about 32 episodes as Detective Carlos Alvarez. And now I just, I'm just i a bit more conscious of, of the impact that my work is having. People are actually stopping me now in the middle of the street and saying, hey, man, um, I found out you're a veteran. I love your work, but I love it even more now. And I go, wow, people are actually reading up on me and they're listening. And so, yeah, I want to do the kind of work that transcends all of that, right, that really... Um, people can turn to and, and like like I do. Like I pop in a, my old VHS tape or my, actually my now a DVD of, of Rocky and I watch Rocky and I've always watched Rocky because Rocky is one of those movies that just gets my blood going and it just inspires me and I want to go run a, around the world and so if I can have something like that live uh, well after I'm gone then I've done my job and that's the kind of work that I'm hoping to do. Yes, and I think it's very important what you said because movies can really inspire us to be great. Uh, they can also have a bad influence on us. There's uh, a ton of gun violence glamorized in the movies. Uh, being a Marine and, and a police officer, guns are a big part of your world. How do you feel or handle guns and gun safety with your kids, and when do you think is the proper time to introduce guns uh, to children? It's interesting. I'm, I'm actually, I just had that conversation with uh, one of my buddies um, who has a son that's slightly older than, than mine. And he, um, and he, we, we had this conversation. I asked him, when did you introduce gun safety and guns to your son? And 
you know, he said at first when he did it, he was a little bit too young, maybe around 12 years old. Um, and this is a case-by-case, case, you know, thing. Um, some 12-year-olds are incredibly mature, and, and some aren't, right? And so uh, with my son, I believe my son, who's now 13, I think he has a better understanding of the world than he did even a year ago. Like, we've had some really, really powerful moments where I'm, you know, we had some really great conversations, and uh, things happen in the news, and you know, we discussed them. And I, and one of the biggest things that I always ask him to do is just please reserve your, 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 your judgment until you get as many perspectives of this story as possible. And so we we do that quite a bit. Um, I believe that my son is now ready to, to uh, see the value. In, 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 in weapons, but also the dangers. He's, he's, I think he's, he's, he's wise enough to at least listen to me and, and hear my perspective as both a veteran and a real cop um, on, on why these tools are necessary, but also the dangers and, and how he can hopefully at some point or another either protect himself, but also understand that uh, there's, there's great, great responsibility with owning something like that, you know. Well said. Okay, let's get a quick word from our sponsors and then back with more from J.W. Cortez. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Seat Geek. Taking your kids to the ball game is one of the greatest experiences in all of fatherhood. And now, First Class Fatherhood has partnered with Seat Geek, and you could save $20 off your next ticket purchase by using the promo code first class that's one word first class maybe you want to go to a broadway show a concert seat geek has the best prices for a wide variety of events it's a slam dunk deal dads get over to www.seatgeek.com and use the promo code first class to get twenty dollars off your next ticket purchase seatgeek.com and what has it been like for you, JW, as a police officer in real life and then playing a detective on TV? Does Hollywood or TV provide an accurate uh, portrayal or capture the authenticity of what it's like to be a real-life cop? Well, you know, we, we don't ever really solve cases in an hour, right? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's number one. Number two, um, on a show like Gotham, Gotham is very far-fetched. Uh, there are things that happen that would never, ever happen. And, you know, you kind of just have to suspend that reality and say, okay, this is pretend and we're going to have fun. And, you know, you've got the Joker about to show up. You've got Bane. You've got, you've had the Riddler and the Penguin. And, you know, they come in and they take over the precinct. That would never happen. Um, but um, the, the, there are many other shows where they do try to get it right and show that you know, the police department um, is such a complex thing, right? Um, you're dealing with members of society, so already it'll never be perfect, is what I remind people of. Um, but the people who want to do the job and, and do a good job and, and what it takes, the demands it takes on you, both physically, mentally, and also on the families, right? I'm a, I'm a proud member of the Detective Rafael Ramos Foundation. Uh, Detective Ramos and Detective Lou were sitting in their patrol car in Brooklyn, New York City, when they were shot by uh, by a gunman, uh, December 20, 2014. That's the reality of what we do. And sometimes television doesn't fully encapsulate that. Um, but uh, I, I know some shows try to gear uh, towards that and, and show that, you know, the families really do suffer once we're gone. 
And so we, as actively serving members of, of, of law enforcement, we, we try to mitigate that as best we can, but we don't always get that right. Okay. One of the big struggles for many of us dads out here, myself included, is the technology, social media, video games. How do you kind of handle or monitor all of that with your boys? I am, they may not want to know this, but I am a spying, I spy the heck out of my stuff, uh, my kids' stuff. Uh, they don't always know that I'm checking up, but I check up on everything. I read everything. Um, yeah, social media, it can, it can have, I, I'm a huge fan of, for example, The Rock. I follow The Rock. I think The Rock does a great job with his social media. Um, I think he's very, very, uh, he's very active on it, and I, I kind of like the messaging that he does. I also follow a few Navy SEALs, uh, like David Goggins, that I listen to quite a bit, and those are the guys that I listen to. And so, I, you know, I go to them when I need a push, right, when I need some inspiration. Um, so that's the positive of it. But then there's other people out there who just, you know, they're putting out a message of God knows what. And, and that's where I get a bit alarmed because I don't want it to have a more of an influence on my sons than I have. Um, so that's that's the, the balance. Um, are they active on social media? No. No, they're not. Um, my older guy has a handle. He's barely ever on that. Um, my younger guy has taken more to some of the video game than my older guy. We monitor. We put time restraints on all that stuff and of course school is always number one so we have a few you know checkpoints that before he even gets to play for a little while he's got to hit those first and if he doesn't he doesn't play yeah Fortnite has been a uh, particular problem in in my household (laughs) (laughs) how about discipline jw Uh, as a former marine then police officer uh, i'm sure you're pretty squared away with your discipline but uh, how are you when it comes to being a disciplinarian as a parent with your boys um, I try not to be the Marine. I try not to be the cop. I try, you know, keyword is I try. I don't always get it right. You know, I, sometimes I, I do bark a little bit. Sometimes I will really make a, a case or a really strong case when I feel like something is very unsafe or if they're not seeing the potential dangers in something like I will really, really get on my soapbox. And sometimes I'm a lecture. And I'm a lecture to the point where they're just like, geez, oh, my God, when will it end? And I know that's what they're thinking, and I don't care. If 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 you walk away with at least something from this from this lecture, um, that's great. That's great. If you're constantly hearing my voice in the back of your head, that's what I want. I want that when I'm gone, you will always hear that voice. You know, that always said, that always said. And so repetition for me is, is important, um, but I pick my battles. You know, some things are, are more extreme than others. Some just aren't. I'll ask my wife to maybe chime in and, and reinforce what I'm saying. Um, and then sometimes it's as, as easy as, you know what, uh, we're, we're shutting down your we're shutting down your phone, we're shutting down your TV, we're shutting down everything until you figure this thing out, right? Because um, I know that's, at this point, it's kind of, if, you know, what what what's important to them um yeah but i'm not i'm not drill instructor you know gonna sergeant cortez in my house i'm not flipping beds and, and all that um but every once in a while when i do raise my voice it gets everybody's attention including my dogs I'll bet it does. <laughs> All right. Um, you've had so much success with multiple careers already. I know you just, uh, you're just you wrapping up another season with Gotham. What's next for you? What kind of goals do you have uh, for yourself coming up for the future? What's next for J.W. Cortez? 
Well, right now we're uh, we're close to retirement. Uh, we're about 20 months or so out from retiring from the police department. Um, I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to that. We're setting up things in place now because I do plan to continue working. Um, I have some small business ideas that we're we're kind of fleshing out at the moment. So I think that'll be my uh, transition from you know the police department to some sort of small business. There are plenty of federal programs and state programs that help veterans like myself start off their small businesses. So I want to take advantage of that. Um, number two is I want to uh, continue pursuing uh, the arts um, as much as possible. I'd love to jump onto another show and, and play some sort of provocative character um, with tremendous flaws, tremendous flaws. <laughs> Um, and continue my, my advocacy work, you know, working with the Detective Ramos Foundation, working with the Gary Sinise Foundation, um, continuing to support them and all they do, and uh, just being a voice and a champion for veterans who are uh, in law enforcement, uh, people who, uh, you know, who, who, who've made the ultimate sacrifice and their families and just people who need help. That's really been probably the best reward out of all of this. Very cool. I will be including a link in the description of this podcast episode for the Detective Ramos Foundation. So if my listeners are interested, they can just tap the link, get over there and get involved. Last thing I want to hit you with here, JW, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Oh, man. Smell your babies a lot. Take lots of pictures. Um, Put down the phone. Man, just really, really uh, do everything that your instincts are telling you to do. Really embrace the moments. Um, I would, I would just smell my child when they were first born and just like hold them and just. Uh, I miss that so, so much. So I would definitely uh, encourage more of that. Number two, um, don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, just. Man, just really, really revel in that, in that, in those moments because they go by so fast, and we've heard it a gazillion times. It does go by fast, and it's so, so true. And um, yeah, man, listen to podcasts like this one. You know, if you see what other dads are doing, you may inspire you some new ideas, or you may say, you know what, I'm onto something. Or I was totally wrong, um, but uh, I think your platform is so incredibly beautiful and powerful in that way. And, and so I would encourage them to listen to this one right here. Wow, thank you for that. Great message. Uh, J.W. Cortez, thank you for your service, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. You're very welcome. Take care, and God bless you. Thank All right, I'm back wrapping things up in just a second here. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to J.W. Cortez for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was really an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys. Drop me a DM over on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. And then lock it in for tomorrow's episode. I am going to have the world's strongest power lifter, the white rhino, Stan Efforting, stopping by the podcast. Wednesday, I got Steve Babcock. Thursday, I got Trevor Chapman. And Friday, we have Eddie Penny, former Navy SEAL Team 6 operator. So lock it in, dads. And please tell every dad that's in your neighborhood or on your contact list there, let them know about the podcast here. Let's keep this celebration of fatherhood moving strong. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You've been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.